Ho, ho, ho. And Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to the final Beyond the Iron Sea of 2008. <laughs> the podcasting equivalent of unwrapping a Super Nintendo on Christmas morning. For some of the younger listeners, we should explain that is an old-fashioned Xbox-type thing. For the older listeners, it's one of those new game boxes the kids just love these days. Anyway, welcome to our special Christmas and New Year edition of Beyond the Iron Sea. We've been nipping at our dad's scotch all afternoon to get into the right spirit, and we think we're just about merry enough to unwrap the following goodies. We'll be paying our festive dues with a tiny roundup of the festive key news. Chris and I will be looking back at what made 2008 just so damn brilliant for the band and us, and looking ahead to 2009. And we have the final part of our little evening meet-up with Tim, which may or not include the following accent. Oh my gosh, look at that one. (laughs) Oh man, can we start unwrapping them now? Of course we can, Andrew, because it's time for a very merry Beyond the INC. Beyond the INC. A quick roundup of the Christmas headlines then. The band are pretty much done for the year now, and have headed home to spend Christmas with the people they love. That's not us. However, that isn't to say that they'll be out of sight completely until the new year, of course. Perfect Symmetry is due out next Monday, the 29th of December, and to help it chart as high as possible, they'll be promoting it all over your face this week. Clever bastards that they are, they've taped a bunch of appearances over the past couple of weeks, which will be on the airwaves this week, to make it look like they're out trying to convince you to buy their single. Whereas in actual fact, they're sat at home drinking from a flagon of sherry and handing out embarrassing scrabble defeats to their relatives. The biggest of the lot will be their appearance on the BBC's Top of the Pops on Christmas Day. Now we don't know what song they'll be performing, but we guess it'll either be Spiralling or Perfect Symmetry. The gig that the band played last week in Glasgow also coincidentally will be broadcast the week before the single comes out. The full details of when that goes out over a whole host of regional stations across Scotland can be found on the official website. Following that, the Scottish show and another gig in London the next day, where they were supported by their recent remix of Frank Music, the band completed the year with Tom taking to the streets of central London to a spot of busking. Now, the fourth song set in Covent Garden was in aid of homeless charity Crisis. Tom drew huge crowds, as well as a decent amount of column inches too, and quite a bit of cash. Then, for their final act of 2008, they put on a special Christmas broadcast, hosted somewhat inexplicably by James Corden. That bloke off the telly. Now, we won't comment too much on this, because you should probably see it for yourself as it's up on the website for you to watch again. And because Andrew failed to make it past the 30-second mark, because he was fuming so much at their guest. But it was a great idea, and it's the sort of thing that shows that they're still looking for new ways to please their fans. And that is the news from the Keen Camp for this year. Just don't forget to get out there and buy Perfect Symmetry on the 29th. Before we go any further, we do need to let you guys down over something. We're not going to do our Christmas song as planned. We had been planning it for the week when Tim came in, and we've not really had the chance to catch up yet. But we do promise you that we will have a stab at something musical in the new year. Yep, all suggestions gratefully received. So drop us a line if you've thought of something cool. (laughs) However, in lieu of the Christmas song, we thought we'd bring you all the bits of the Tim interview that were too hot, too saucy for the last couple of episodes. Oh yeah. So enjoy. Let's keep going until Tim leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Chasing me down the street. Uh, be like a hard day's night. So um, let's talk about some things that accompany the album. Um, merchandise. How, how heavily are you guys involved with, with that sort of thing? Uh, we're pretty involved with it. We, um, although actually we've tried to um, sort of ease off a little bit in the, in the last couple of years. Um, well, especially on this album. Our, our, our friend um, Kyle 
who actually started being our merch guy very early on and turned out to be an absolute genius um, when it comes to selling merch. Uh, and we actually um, employ him full time now. And he, uh, he he basically is also great at designing stuff and we sort of hand over almost the entire thing to him and he'll just come to us with sort of three brilliant ideas and say which one do you want to do and we'll say that one looks nice well um this this email that we've got in front of us now says i'm wondering around about the little details around the album itself like the videos and the radio edits um the three singles coming out in less than three months and the timing of them um the masks in the shop like how how much of this is is your decision how hands-on are you um that's from monica in chile uh well that's quite a big question i suppose the masks thing is obviously a merch issue um we uh i don't know where that idea came from it might have been you know sometimes we'll just sort of be sitting around talking about merchandise with carla and someone say oh why don't we do masks and you know the next thing you know they're on sale which is cool <laughs> um or or you know it might have been kyle's idea and we'll have just signed off on it um so i can't remember specifically but uh but you know but in in theory anything you can do anything for merchandise um the the only problem it, well the problem will be getting it made uh in a manner which we consider to be ethically sound um for a price which is going to be affordable for a fan coming to a gig um uh, we we wanted to do um, uh, keen kind of customised stylophones, for example. <laughs> um, but the uh, y- y- have you got one? Have you customised your own? Not, Not yet. yet. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, the, it just turned out to be it would have cost sort of fifty quid for or something. You know, it's just it, these things that you know people can't um, afford to spend. You know loads and loads of money on merch obviously uh and what was the other bit um singles we i mean the 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 thing that slightly um confused matters for us on this album was that spiraling was such a big success i mean it literally was intended as a free download that we thought would sort of we would ho- we're hoping it would get played on radio one and then you know that would fizzle out quite quickly and then we'd just go to radio with um the loves of losing you know uh, whenever it was and then spiraling started being put out there as track of the year in places yeah exactly spiraling just grew you know and it suddenly it was all over all, all the different radio stations and um you know it's a it's a very good problem to have um but it meant that you know the loves losing then came very hard on the heels of that um and uh you know i mean actually i don't think i mean perfect symmetry has not come that quickly after it really um I think the third single, or technically the second single, uh, as it is, has um, is, is pretty normal timing. We're going to do some very, very quick ones, um, which I, I and cool. <laughs> um, are obviously very difficult when you want to answer it very fully. Um, Okay, this one's from Isabella, Isabel Lopez Rice Oxley, which is a massive coincidence because she's from Peru. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she um, she says, "I saw Richard using the Peruvian Cajun for playing it live. How did you know about the instrument? And did someone recommend it to you?" Uh, the cajon. Cajon. Um, Shit. I uh, do you know? What? I can't remember. I think it might be something that we got from uh, Rocco De Luca's band. 
I think maybe um, uh, they had one. Um, but, you know, I can't remember. But it's a cool thing because, for, for, you know, we're getting more and more into doing acoustic shows and acoustic sections of the show. So it's, uh, it's fun. It gives Richard a, a few more options. Is pretend that you're alone about masturbation. That's Mia Smith-Nash. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, she also wants to know, My Shadow isn't really an album track, but I think it's an amazing song. Uh, why didn't it make the record? Uh, we argued about that one for a long time and um, felt that it didn't fit with the vibe of the rest of the record. I, I felt that it was too... I you know I love that song. We really had a great time recording it, and all of us found it very um you know it's a very powerful song. But somehow it didn't seem to belong in the same space as the other songs, and we felt that the kind of uh, cohesiveness of the record was more important. Who are the spineless dreamers? Are they terrorists or are they the Sunday churchgoers? Uh, <laughs> that line is the bane of my life. Uh, that's, um, that's from Chris Dillon. I need to say people's names because right. they want to hear themselves. Well, no, they're not Sunday churchgoers at all. You know, that's not what the song is about. Um, uh, you know, the song is very much about people who. Well, it, it's about a lot of things, but I guess that specific line relates to. Um, people who use um, religion as a as a as a means to persuade people to um, wreak violence on on their fellow men, uh, and you know that um, certainly includes um, you know. You know, uh, terrorists who are who are part of you know religious extremist groups, um, but it also uh, you know is something that could equally be said of um, of Western leaders. You know, I think um, you know George Bush. You know, repeatedly went on and on about God being on our side. You know, when, Tony Blair when, saying God would be his exactly, his exactly. Um, and I'm sure Tony Blair said something about um, what did he say? Something about having spoken to god or something like that or anyway uh you know just all of that stuff you know i i don't um have you know i i would not um see fit to pass judgment on people's religious beliefs in uh, in a song but i certainly um feel that the the use of religion as a way of brainwashing people into um you know killing themselves or others is uh, is, is utterly evil. Um, just go for something lighter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Party. <laughs> what is the easiest keen-related way to get rid of influenza? Um. Oh my god. Well, we certainly get ill a lot on the road. You know, um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of shared confined spaces, um, and you know, the last thing you want to do is get sick and not be able to do a show. Um, Influenza. I don't. Can you get rid of influenza quickly? I think when people say influenza, they sometimes just mean a cold, don't they? Um, I think. Uh, what do I think? I think. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Why am I even pretending to have an answer for this question? Say um, lemsip. Do you know lemsip. what I like? Is this stuff called? Uh, 
the, that spray you can do. It's Vicks Ultra Chloroseptic Spray. Um, I feel like I'm doing a product placement now. Will the next tour be sponsored by that? <laughs> It better be. Um, and uh, you spray it on your throat and it feels good and probably does absolutely fuck all. Are you having a work Christmas party? I don't, I don't know if we will this year. We had one last year. Um, was it last year? Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I think we're we're at that f- stage in proceedings where I've got a feeling that all our, our crew and um, all the dear people who do all the work that we pretend to do are probably going to be sick of the sight of us come the middle of December. So um, I think we'll, we'll let everyone just go off and see their families and do something next year. Was there a photocopier involved last year? <laughs> Not that I know of. Shall we wrap this all up then? We, we can go for like another five minutes or something, it's fine. We've run out of material. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up. Um, are you, do you feel that you're more extravagant as a band in terms of rider these days? No, no, not at all. We're less extravagant. We're, we're working on being even less extravagant. Cause we, we, it's funny, how we, our rider sort of built up over the Hopes and Fears tour to, to the point where you'd sort of arrive in a venue and they'd it seemed like you know a lorry load of kind of fruit and and you know dried vegetables <laughs> or whatever had been sort of emptied into your into your dressing room and all of it would still be there at the end of the night bar a, a couple of blackberries mobile phones uh. <laughs> um, so what's the most extravagant thing you have on your your rider um, that you can repeat i don't our rider is quite boring. We always have uh, postcards because Tom likes to send postcards to um, to people. Normally, totally random people, um, which you know is I quite like. I think it's very sweet. Um, but you know, I don't I don't know if I use anything on our rider apart from like the occasional cup of tea and quite a lot of beer. But it's you know it's. Um, it, yeah, it's it's it must it must all be a bit of a myth. I, I don't know if like I think if you actually said someone you know on our rider is you know whatever a big bag of coke or something I think they they'd probably just call the police. Uh, you know I don't <laughs> I think the days of sort of rock and roll riders may possibly be gone. But I, I don't know who knows. To be honest, I. I I can't speak from any kind of position, but if I, if you know, if we were putting together a writer, can you imagine write, writing like cocaine on a writer? I mean, it's like you'd, you'd be worried that they'd say, like, no, what, what, score drugs for you? What, what are you talking about? It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm sure, um, oh, I don't know if I can repeat this story. You might, you might have to cut this out, but I'll tell you anyway. <laughs> How scared should we be of Colin Davis? Uh, pretty, pretty scared. Yeah, he, Colin's lovely. You know, he 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 wouldn't he wouldn't hurt a fly. He's a he's a lovely man, and, and you know, he basically runs the entire keen uh, touring operation without ever um, losing his cool. Which when you when you're dealing with Tom, Tom basically takes the piss out of Colin twenty four hours a day, um, and. Colin never rises to it, and I, I don't know how. He's a he's must have some sort of super superhuman qualities. How are Keen being affected by the credit crunch? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, to to quote from 
I know, the most recent blog on the website, uh, Richard was saying that he um, he was trying not to spend money I don't have on things I don't need. Has he fallen <laughs> on hard times? Um, I, I don't think that... I think it would be a little bit um, ridiculous for us to <laughs> start claiming to have fallen on hard times. Um, I don't think um, we could... Uh, a particularly convincing sub story, um, you know. It obviously, it is you know, people are really, really suffering um, with uh, things at the moment. But no, I mean, with I don't know. You know, it is a um, music. You know, it's well documented that the music industry has suffered a lot over the last few years, mainly because of downloading. Um, but I think you know, and it is a, it is a tough time for um, people trying to, you know. Um, sell records or whatever um but uh you know I we're certainly not uh, not complaining i mean we've we've this album's been great and we're very very happy with it and um you know i think we just count ourselves lucky it probably wasn't a serious question in the first place was it anyway i don't know i mean we, this is the thing is if we can ask something flipping and get a great response then i think everyone wins cool. um I, i've i've seen more than a few times you know it's well documented that tom drives a ferrari um because he doesn't you know he's quite reticent about mentioning it but it gets dragged out of him eventually Mm. um and i think a couple of articles where richard richard talks about having like an aston martin on order or something like that Mm. i mean do you drive something extravagant no no not really um i uh I, i drive an audi but um I don't. I, I I love driving, but I don't get to do it very often. Um, I can't actually remember the last time I drove my car because I'm just away so much. Would they let you drive the tour bus <laughs> if you asked? I do, probably, probably if I asked. Not, uh, do you know? Actually, they wouldn't because um, <laughs> insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're enormous tour buses. I whenever we get to a venue and you know we pull up and you're watching the guy try and reverse this enormous thing into a tiny space i always i always say you know thank god i'm not driving a tour bus um but uh it's yeah it's quite a quite a thing can you imagine life without beth now <laughs> um beth is is wonderful um we're you know we're very very spoiled in the band and we people make life so easy for us generally um, almost like she's your, your mother um. Basically, I think Beth quite often feels like she's a mother to three sort of um, totally <laughs> useless children, basically. You know, the sort of... If, if you can imagine one of those kind of Channel 5 documentaries about, you know, three kids who sort of sit around playing on their, you know, Nintendo Wii all day and, I don't know, eating burgers and... Swearing at the neighbours or whatever—that's that's probably pretty much what <laughs> that's it's like. Keen on to <laughs> that's pretty much what it's like being Beth. Well, I think we're just—you know—I I often feel that we feel that we're we're too kind of um, mollycoddled in in some ways, um, and I I think all of us sort of tend to um, try every once in a while try to um, to return to being being normal, but um, whenever we do it, it normally ends up in chaos. And Tom. For example, loses his phone uh, probably about once a fortnight. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to report that Tim did actually make it here on his own tonight, although he did walk past my house. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I'm, navigation is one thing I'm very good at, generally. I, I think I was lost in a bit of a dream world when I walked past your house. You could have been writing the next album in your head. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's the, the, the title track of the next album, Interviewed by Two Twats. <laughs> Hardly. It, it could be like Stanley Road or something. But um, I can't mention the name of your road, otherwise you'd have hordes of fans outside. are you going to produce keen serviettes or underwear next and that's from candy um i serviettes uh i i i quite like the idea of underwear um i'm pushing for underwear uh contraception is another one (laughs) I've been wanting to do. Uh, no, I don't know, really. Um, underwear would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think we should do underwear. Serviette, I don't know. I haven't heard the word serviette in years. It's no, I, I know. Yeah, I think we may need a time machine to go back to 1894. Okay, so we've also had emails from uh, Sylvia, Sylvia Morin, Anderson Medina, uh, Sylvia Morin again, um, <laughs> Mariana Miele, Clara, Sarah Van Dusen, uh, Daniel Arce, uh, Pilar G, uh, Martin McDonald, who had his chance, and <laughs> and Barbara Zamorano, who didn't. Most of those didn't actually ask many questions. Oh. It was mostly they're really looking forward to going to South America. Oh, um, oh good. Especially Martin. Yeah, can't I can't wait yeah, for yeah. you to go. <laughs> good. Well, uh, you know, thank you very much for writing in. As this is the last edition of Beyond the INC for this year, I think we should stop and take stock of 2008. Tim told us when he came round that this has been Keane's best year yet. And to be honest, we can't really disagree. I mean, 2004's meteoric rise was pretty cool, if a lot more like hard work than 2008 was. Let's hope they enjoy next year just as much as this one, despite all the touring. So Chris, what was your favourite Keane moment of 2008? I would probably have to say um, Coco, the gig at Coco on the 23rd of October. The Electric Prom Show. That that one, yes. Where they had the saxophones, the musical saw, the strings. And it felt like the first kind of proper gig where everyone really knew the album a bit better. I mean, the forum was a great show, but people were hearing the material for the first time. Whereas this time you're hearing people sing along to the new songs and, and loving it. And that was pretty cool seeing the new album brought to life. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. If there's if there's an opportunity to get that out sometime, maybe DVD or or an EP or something like that, then definitely I'd, uh, you know, I think I'd snap that up in a, a second. Uh, how about you then? I, th- I really, really enjoyed doing the evening with Beyond the INC at 229 in September. Um, I mean, that kind of doesn't count because although we had, you know, big crowd and the album and everything... Um, there wasn't quite, you know, the the band weren't there, basically. So I think I'd probably take the 100 Club show, um, because there was so much goodwill at the, in, in the room. Um, okay. It was uh, a, a great crowd and a, a tiny room, and it, it just, it, it was great, really. I'll have to take your word for that one, because that was the episode where I was standing outside. It was a good episode, though, so if you want to download episode 25, go and do that. Yeah. Um, so your least favourite moment, then? It's not really many to pick from, is there? It's been it's good been a year. good year. Um, I guess um, the Star Academy is the sort of main criticism that people have been giving the band. Yeah, I think I think that's probably why. But Dan, it was more of a 
uh, like a misstep. Um, it wasn't necessarily something bad, but it's one of those things that you know you try it and it doesn't work, and you know don't do it again. But I mean, we've been over that very recently. I, I can't, I genuinely can't really think of anything else um, that I, I, you know, I would say was a, a bad moment, really. Excellent. Well, let's hope there's more of them to come in 2009. That's good moments. So, speaking of 2009, what are you hoping for next year? Ooh, big question. I hope that as they're going out on a world arena tour, I hope that the, you know the new songs translate um, to the big stage. And um, just that we get lots more rocking shows and lots more goodies, lots more retrospective EPs yeah. would be fantastic. Yeah, I think, you know, definitely make, make a bit more use of the back catalogue and sort of grow a bit more in confidence on the live stage for sure. But I think if I had to say one thing that I hope happens in 2009 is that I, I would love to see them headline with their name in the marquee. I'd like to see them headline a proper festival, one of the traditional big festivals um, in, in England um, slash Scotland. Um, I think they're at the stage now where they are big enough to do it, so I, I'd love to see it, but maybe that'll have to wait for 2010. But we'll see. So since we've done hopes, I think we've got to do the uh, traditional fears. Um, contra- <laughs> we could do dreams, but I mean, that's it's, it's less of a contrast, is it? Yeah. Uh, um, so, so your biggest fear for 2009? Well, I think my biggest fear for 2009 is that uh, Perfect Symmetry, the album, is going to suffer some kind of, of slump in sales. Whereas Hopes and Fears and Under the Iron Sea, well, to a lesser extent, Under the Iron Sea, enjoyed week after week of top 10, top 20 sales and really racked it up so that they went, you know, platinum several times. Um, I just kind of worry that Perfect Symmetry doesn't have something which is going to stick on the radio for weeks and weeks and is going to be a massive, massive hit that drives the album forwards, um, given that Spiraling's already been and gone. Um, and perfect symmetry is sort of around sort of Christmas time, you know. Right? I'm just I'm I'm worried about that. I must say. Interesting. How about you? Um, sales don't really bother me, to be honest. Uh, the band seem confident and happy enough in the record themselves um, for it not to matter what anyone else thinks of it. They really have done it for themselves instead of uh, for sales. And another thing you got to remember is hopes and fears was in the top ten for so long because people were becoming keen fans constantly. Whereas now, anyone who's likely to be a keen fan will already know about them and will probably have bought the record in the first week. So we're never really going to see anything like the Hubs and Fears phenomenon. But I think this album's done pretty well so far. That's and not really your biggest mate, fear, though. Long mate, continue. My biggest fear is that Tom becomes addicted to port. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Beyond the I think that's all then, Chris. We'd just like to say thank you to all of you guys for listening. We've had a blast doing the show this year. It's been ace. Uh, genuinely. And we mean that from the bottom of our hearts, as, as Tom would say. Every single time um, we've been to a show this year and someone has come up to us and said that they've listened to us, um, they've enjoyed the show, It honestly, every single time it happens, it makes us feel on top of the world. I was standing in a queue once and someone stood next to me and said it was okay, which you know I thought was pretty good. Yeah, they're not bad at all. Okay, yeah. I'll take okay any day of the week. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to keep making it as good as possible for as long as we can. Now, please keep emailing us at mailbox at beyondtheinc.com. Uh, as we proved with Tim's interview, we do hold on to all your emails, and if we think there's something good in there, we'll always use it in a show when the time is right. So, enjoy the festive season, and we'll see you beyond 2008. <laughs>